Welcome to the Bureau Briefing. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors. They are amazing. Thank you to MailChimp. If you need a marketing platform, MailChimp is so much more than just email. They help you with Facebook ads, with Google ads. You just got to check them out. And the way that you can slice and dice the campaigns, it's beautiful. 10,000 feet. You know, if you need insights into your projects and your people, 10,000 feet is the resourcing tool that can help you with that. And also gather content. Content is always the thing that drags every project down. But when you use gather content, you can get a handle on it. And now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Bureau Briefing, a podcast by the Bureau of Digital, an organization devoted to giving digital professionals the support system they never had. Each episode, we're going to talk to a member of our community doing awesome, inspiring things. Now for your host, Carl Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bureau Briefing. It's Carl, and stopping by the Bureau Studios today, we've got the head of design at Instacart, Mr. Mitch Gear. How's it going, Mitch? Hey, good and you, Carl. You know, now, Mitch, we met in Kaloa at Design Leadership Camp, and I got to learn more about what you were doing at Instacart. And one of the things that really struck me was you had only been there for about nine months. And I just started thinking about what is it like to go into an established company that is in not a crowded space, but definitely a competitive one and be put in charge of design. So if you don't mind, let's just dive in and talk a little bit about your background, like what you were doing before, and then how you came in to become the head of design at Instacart. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, it is it is actually a really interesting uh, industry to be in. It, it's crowded, but in a way that's, uh, that's not uh, too, not super obvious, right? Um, and also, there's been quite a bit of failures, uh, large failures in this industry. Um, but to kind of circle back uh, just to the beginnings. Uh, so before this, um, you know, I did multiple startups. I, my most recent one was a company called Daybear. And effectively, what we tried to do was make a way for people to provide childcare in their home without them actually having to run a business, right? And so the idea is that, you know, if you're a preschool teacher or a stay-at-home mom, we can get you, you know, four or five kids that you can take care of and we'll provide you with the licensing and all those kind of things. Um, and we'll take care of all the marketing, all the business logistics, all the payments, all those kind of things. And wow. so we, we did that for about two years. Uh, ultimately, we, you, we didn't quite make it. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I took some time off and I tried to evaluate what I wanted to do with my, uh, you know, my career going forward. And, you know, I'd had multiple sort of you know, careers before I've been a CTO, I've done a lot of product. One of my earlier um, companies that I, that I did before, you know, any, anything else major when I first came to the US was a company called Hornet, um, mm -hmm. which is, it couldn't be more different from Daybear. It's, uh, it's now one of the world's largest gay social networks. I, I think I was actually the only straight person in the entire company for, for a very long time, including the board. And so I did that for a while, had a, had a really terrible accident. And decided that anything that I do from there on out has to be something that um, makes a remarkable difference in people's lives. And so that brings me to, to the Instacart thing. 
where you know, I took that, that year or so of trying to figure out what I want to do next. And Instacart just kept coming to mind because my wife's a nutrition, she's a physician, and she focuses on you know, medicine, food okay. being medicine. So it's the thing that kind of keeps us alive and healthy. And so it's, it's a big theme in our, in our family. And we've been Instacart users. We were Good Eggs users. And so when the opportunity came up to just kind of chat to Instacart, I did. And then as I dug into it more and more and more, I realized that they've done such a good job at building the foundation of this machine that can take groceries from one store to the person. But what's left was that experience, that that uh, immersive sort of experience that when you get to the grocery store, you can kind of feel the products, so you can see the things and they kind of jump into your taste buds, right? And right. Instacart was lacking that. And so for me, the challenge was, could I build a team around creating that? Right? Can I make Instacart an incredible experience that people can go to and immerse themselves in products and find those, you know, those food items that you know, can nourish their family and, and supply that, that, that bit of something that they, that they really need in a convenient, fast way? So that's, that's kind of the, the, the short story of that. But wow. part of that was also a couple of years ago when we were busy with um, with Hornet, uh, that, that company, you know, we were super busy and we were trying to figure out how to optimize our life. And so my wife and I put together this little database based on, on recipes that we eat often. And what it did was it basically spit out a grocery list off of those recipes. And what I realized is that we almost halved our grocery list by being very specific with what we buy. And so that's kind of, you know, just a... a a little seed that was planted a few years before this even became a reality. And so when I saw the Instacart opportunity, all of that came sort of rushing back. Right. Um, so, yeah. Was, was this a position that was open or did you reach out to them just to say that you were interested in working with them or, or how did the connection happen? Yeah. So it was a position that was open. I didn't actually know it was open until they reached out to me. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, just a, a few months prior, you know, they had a, a leadership change in the design group. And yeah, it, it was open for a little while. They'd been searching for someone for, I think, a few months. And, you know, they just couldn't quite find a fit. And I, I guess I happened to be, you know, there at the right time, in the right place. And I happened to be a fit with the team. Well, and you, I have to check with the team, though. <laughs> I might be well, wrong. And, but <laughs> And you love the product. And you, you used it and you saw that it was functional, but that mm-hmm. it had so much that it could add to the experience. How, mm-hmm. I mean, how could they say no? <laughs> if you come in and you got the chops and that attitude, it would yeah. be pretty, pretty hard to turn you away. So, so you get in and you get yourself acclimated in those first couple of weeks. And then how do you lay out your plan to start improving the experience? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's still not quite there yet. Um, okay. You know, it's one of those well, things. it's only that, been nine months. Give yourself a year. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that the first thing is, you know, just really understanding the drivers of the business, right? Because from the outside, everything looks simple enough. Um, but, I mean, we're a four-sided marketplace. If you think about it, we have partners on the one side, which is our CPGs like Procter Gamble, those kind of folks. Okay. Um, on the other side, we have retailers like you know Albertsons, Kroger's, those kinds of things. And then we have shoppers, the people who fulfill our orders, and then we have the consumers, that you know the folks who ultimately buy these products. Wow. Um, and so, just understanding the dynamic between those things, and then thinking about what the 
you know, what the flywheel is essentially of the business, you know, what drives what to, to make this business move forward. And then the other component that, that I really had to kind of get, um, you know, in sync with is just the kind of margins that we deal with, right? Um, the grocery industry is, is not known for, you know, massive margins, like let's say a payment um, solution or something along those lines. Right. You know, we, we're talking about nickels over here. Um, and so being very mindful in how we spend our time and our money, um, you know, one of our, one of our um, values here is every minute counts. And so, so it really makes you kind of sit back and think, well, what is the, what is the, the team that I can build that's going to drive the most value to the business at this point? And so some of the things that we're thinking about is, you know, one is just our shopper relations. Um, you know, what are we doing for them? How are we making their lives better? Um, you know, so putting a lot of emphasis there from the design team, from a product team, making sure that we, you know, paying attention to them, making sure that we're creating systems for them to be effective, for them to drive a higher quality um, output, um, you know, ultimately for our consumers. And then the other side, you know, really thinking about what is that discovery experience for, for a consumer? And so, so my focus really right now is, is on those two entities, so the performance right. and consumer side, and just thinking about what's the ideal team set um, for those. And, you know, one of my first things was to make sure that, you know, I get agreement with, with product and business that, that I can at least match, you know, a good ratio with, with our um, design versus engineering team. Because prior to that, uh, our, our design team was grossly, you know, um, over, um, understaffed and, and overutilized, right? Uh, right? I think we had a ratio at one point of like 1 to 27 or something along those lines. Um, but now we're eking towards that 1 to 8 ratio, which I think is, is more ideal, right? Um, so we can actually have that bit of space where we can think about, you know, what is that that like little step further that we can do as a design team as opposed to just reacting to tasks um, where we really make a remarkable difference in, in the experience as a whole. And so so the, the team sets that I'm thinking about is communication design, experience design, product design. Right. Product design, obviously focusing on, you know, the the, the screens and the tasks and the, the things that users want to accomplish. Uh, communication design is how we think about making those things delightful. How do we communicate effectively out, you know, to which of a market, um, you know, of which of a, um, of the sides, um, how can you communicate effectively to them? And then experience thinking about a particular actor, you know, be it a shopper or a consumer, what is their end to end experience along each touch point and having those people, you know, communicate to the product designers, the communication designers, making sure that there's just this cohesive sort of experience all the way. Uh, so that, that's really you know, rough touch points of how I'm thinking about the design team, what I'm building towards. Um, and then obviously, you know, thinking about this whole thing that, that everyone's excited about, which is, you know, scaling design. So with design ops, um, you know, going back to the agency world of, of trying to bring in producers, those kind of things. Um, those are all interesting battles to fight here. This has traditionally been a very logistics heavy and engineering heavy company. And so there's two parts to it, obviously. It's like building an actual team, getting them excited, onboarding new people, but then also convincing the, the company that these roles are very, very important and makes us a better company. So I think that the challenges are, are interesting. <laughs> well, and given that Instacart itself is only like six years old, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, it came out of the gate fast <laughs> and grew yeah, up fast super. to a point where it it became, you know, national. Anytime something's in Jacksonville, which Instacart is, I consider it national. Um, so at that point, they pro I, I can only imagine there was a lot of growth that had happened a little sporadically. 
And so now along with design, uh, is, is the product side and the business side, are they also going through hiring and reforming kind of how they're doing what they do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just recently hired a, um, a CPO, David Hahn. Um, he was formerly uh, at LinkedIn. He basically grew the, the monetization and advertising um, platforms. Um, so he's an incredible addition to the team. We also just added, um, uh, sorry, just need to get the name real quick. Just no worries. For some reason, just jumped out of my head. Uh, Danny Dudek. Uh, so she was. She's now the communications. Um, uh, officer here and so you know we're just filling out those those roles that we hadn't thought about before um just trying to make sure that that we're you know in step with with what the market expects of a company of our size right we might still be small in in size but our footprint like you mentioned is getting big right we're becoming a national brand so we have to be very aware of um just how we come across right because if if we keep sort of moving fast and breaking things there's a real impact in people's lives with that, right? Um, it, it's never nefarious. It's never someone trying to hurt someone. It's, you know, oftentimes just how can we make this better? Um, and so having people like those in place really helps us get those control in play, um, make sure that we're being very, very thoughtful what we release and don't release. Uh, so things like that. Well, and just explaining early on when you were talking about, you know, there are four different, I think you said well, you said four-sided, but yeah, so you've, you've got the the actual big Procter and Gambles and, and the people producing, you've got the retailers, you've got the shoppers. You know, the shoppers are the interesting one, right? That's kind of a, when when you're designing the experience, they're the front line. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. if everything's amazing and then the person that brings the groceries makes it feel off, mm-hmm. right? So what what role do you play? all the way through to delivery. Yeah, so, so you know, us as Instacart, the, the role we play is, is really that. It's that where that, uh, that touch point between the grocer or the grocery store and, um, and the consumer. And so, you know, how the, the, the shopper kind of shows up at the consumer's door with the bags in hand, you know, saying like, here's the groceries that you've got. Um, you know, what's in those bags? Is everything that you ordered in those bags? Um, all those kind of things, you know, sort of adds to the experience of of Instacart, and you're right. absolutely right in that that person, that that sort of individual that comes to your door, really is showing up as Instacart, in a way, right? Just just you know, even though you know we we set up the the marketplace the way it is and, and is most efficient and and makes sense for everyone, ultimately that's how we're perceived, right? Whether it's it's true or not, and so we're very mindful of that, and a lot of what we're doing right now is making sure that. Um, you know, the shoppers have what they need to be able to, you know, show up in their best self and what they need to be able to, to, you know, represent the company in a way that, that makes sense uh, for longevity in, in, um, you know, in that. So when you first came in, I'm just curious, how did, how did you get your feet under you? Did you try to do, now I, I understand what you were saying about, I mean, you got immersed, but were you trying to do an audit of, what were the the easiest things for you to to fix and get some big wins or uh, like how did you approach it because it seems like there's so many things you could have looked at yeah i mean it it really started with research so so when i started you know we had a a super small research team it was was pretty much you know research team of one um 
uh, a woman called Heather Young. She's actually really amazing. Um, you know, she was utilized for a lot of small little little tasks here and there. And mm-hmm. so my advice to her initially was, you know, pick something gnarly, pick one big thing and just go deep on that. You know, just ignore all these small other things and <laughs> just go deep on that. Um, and, you know, because she was thinking about, like, how can I have an impact in the business? And, you know, the advice essentially say no to things and say yes to things that matter. Um, yeah. And that's a risk in some ways, right? Where people think, well, does this really matter? And and so she did. So she dove deep on cons- uh, shopper communication and, you know, shopper access to work and all those kinds of things, um, you know, because that, that seemed to be where pain was, right? If you go on Twitter, you know, you'll see that people aren't necessarily happy with us. Yeah. And so she dove deep into that and, you know, unraveled a whole bunch of stuff that we, we realized was, was not ideal. And so, so it got this whole sort of thing flowing where, where we started digging even deeper into that. And now it's massive projects that we, that we unearthing and, and realizing that um, it's not just about the, the website and the app and how consumers show up, but it really is about how shoppers show up. Those are our touch points right in the market. And so, so now we're super mindful of that. We're super mindful of making sure that any change that comes down the pike, that shoppers are aware of it and there's you know, no more surprises and things like that. Um, yeah, so it really started with research, really started with speaking to users, uh, which I think is the ultimate sort of gift of design is that we go out and try and speak to customers, to, to users, to the people who these things really impact and then reflect back to the organization um, so we can align with, with them. Absolutely. And so, so she goes deep on the research, finds this information, and then what do you do with it at that point? Do you try to put together a, a plan to make things better and then take that to the, the other people in the company? Or, or how did you approach it? Yeah. So fortunately, um, you know, we have amazing people on the team already. So another um, woman, Hamani Amali, um, she was her design partner in that. So Hamani, Heather, and the rest of the, the shopper team, effectively, they just ran with this. They, you know, I was in tune with everything. I knew what was going on. And I, I tend to have this thing of, of trust when, I, when I've when i pointed people in the right direction and I see they're, they're kind of heading there. I tend to just sort of be hands off and just kind of tap in when I need to. And so, you know, the answer directly is I did nothing. Other than just make sure we, you know, the bumpers are in place for them to do amazing work. Um, yeah. So, you know, the honest answer, right? right. Yeah. Well, and given the amount that there is to do and the fact that you had a small team that you were building, you really didn't have a choice, right? Yeah. I mean, but you have to have the right people in place or else as humans, we won't be able to let go. So, so that's, that's really great. key. Yeah. The, the people in place is really key. And, and that's a lot of what I think about as I build the team out now. Um, you know, Hamani, for instance, she had been here for, you know, I think she's going on three years now, right? So half the life of the company. So she knows it really well. And she was a senior designer for the longest time. And, you know, I think about three and a half, four months ago, uh, you know, I decided the best decision we could do is basically promote her into design manager so that her reach can be, you know, a lot more. So she's, you know, functionally heading up the fulfillment design team. Um, you know, and that a lot of that comes off of the work that she executed on with Heather. And so, so a big thing for me is really highlighting amazing people and giving them the room to shine. I'm definitely the type that, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of hands off, but I really want to support 
the real heroes, right? The people who do the, the, the work on the ground and who are really making an impact. And so that's, that's kind of how I, I show up, right? Is, is I try and remove obstacles essentially and just provide bumpers for people to be successful. Well, yeah. And what a gift you gave Heather, because having the institutional knowledge and then understanding the real-time research of what's going on out there and then being able to have a team to make it better. Um, you know, I, I'm not blowing smoke. A lot of people I don't think would have seen that connection. Would have They would have come in and, and probably been a little more worried about the existing team, right? So it's like, I'm the new person. I'm coming in and now everybody's a little bit nervous, but for you to be able to go in there and, and align her and then give her the, the ability to fix things, that's, that's amazing, man. That's, that's great. And so how is it going right now with Heather? When, when did the research finish up and they start uh, approaching a solution? Yeah. So, so I think we've kind of moved past that a, a few months ago and we're, you know, in different cycles with a bunch of other things. Right. So like I said, that they really opened a hornet's nest, but you know, <laughs> When I say hornet's nest, like see it as a good thing. <laughs> uh, you know, we didn't we didn't unravel trouble necessarily, but um, it showed us more things that we should be looking at. And so, as far as I know, she's uh, sitting on three other projects right now. Um, she grew her team um, by an additional two researchers, and we're adding more people to that. Um, but you know, that whole team is just doing amazing things. You know, amazing more things. You know, everything from trying to figure out how to get shoppers more work, right? Trying to figure out how to increase the, not just the number of items that they can get in a shorter period of time, but how high of a quality can we meet, right? When someone says, I want some Fiji apples, are we always getting them Fiji apples? Or are we getting, you know, bruised apples that are kind of actually pink delicious or those kind of things? Right. Um, so we're looking at all those kind of things, like um, how to just up that game and, all of those things, you know, like I said, is, is very much being driven by research and design and by Heather and, and um, Hemani on, on the performance side. Um, but yeah, the, it, we just keep on, you know, opening up these new projects um, <laughs> that just keep getting better and better and better and better. And it's just amazing how that happens, actually, just as you speak to customers and, and, and just reveal more things that that's important to them. Yeah. Well, and obviously talking to the customers and hearing directly from them is great and, and feeds that energy and keeps the team going because they see that they're making progress. Are there other systems in place or other metrics that are, that are being watched to make sure that things are staying good once they get good? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the, the verbatims from, from shoppers and from consumers. So making sure that we, we know what people paying attention to what people are saying, you know, live on in, uh, sorry, on Twitter and, right. and those kind of things. But then also just looking at the support tickets coming in, um, and and I'm trying to also not I'm trying not to reveal certain um, stats and, and what sort of stats we look at specifically because right. you know it's a it's a super competitive market. But you know, it's it's really just that we're keeping our, our you know, ears to the ground with our customers, and we have a few but very specific set of metrics that we keep monitoring to make sure that. You know, those numbers are going in the right direction, um, be it up or down. Um, yeah. Well, and, and it's great because this shows how important design is to any company, right? Because, and, and I love that it's, the research and design are hand in hand because that's the fastest way to fix something. So how, how has it been accepted within the company overall, the, the role of design and the way that it's leading this charge? 
initially it was, I would say it was interesting, right? Because <laughs> what we had to do, what we had to do was change the narrative around design, right? We had to change the view of design being a result, you know, of pictures and screens and, you know, those kinds of things right. and more towards it's a process, right? Design in my mind is, you know, is a verb. It's something we do, right? We design things and designing again is more than just painting a pretty picture. It's, it's trying to find solutions. It's that synthesis, it's synthesis. It's, um, you know, uncovering things, um, you know, through building things. Right. And so, so just educating the, the company and the teams around that and how design can effectively be a partner as opposed to in service to, you know, the rest of the, the group, be it product or engineering. Um, yeah, so it was just a lot of branding, I guess, that, that had to take place. And, right. and obviously, it's not solid in every single team. So it's a it's a team-by-team team kind of effort, and it depends on who we have on that team in terms of seniority and the ability to show up as a partner as opposed to a service um, individual. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's something that you, you kind of keep needing to, to drive the narrative and, you know, sell <laughs> ultimately until the value kind of just becomes so obvious, right? right? As design shows up more in that sort of way. Um, and then eventually it just becomes, you know, habit. It just becomes a muscle that we have and we can just keep flexing that muscle. Um, but, I, but I think what's, what's most important or what was most important is, is really getting to the designers and letting them know how they should show up, right? How yeah. the kind of questions that you should ask um, and how they see themselves. Because even as designers, you know, we often see ourselves just as pixel pushers, right? When we, when we speak, we speak about, you know, this font or this color or this treatment or any of those right. things. Instead of speaking about, well, the impact of changing that color to the effect of this outcome was this, right? Um, we just say, well, that was a pretty color. <laughs> right. And so really how we show up is, is ultimately more important, right? Like I think at the, at the leadership conference, we spoke about, you um, you know, getting a seat at the table. Yeah. You know, the problem with the seat at the table is if you get a seat at the table and you speak nonsense, <laughs> um, as far as the business is concerned, you're going to quickly lose that seat, right? right? And so I think a lot of designers get seats at tables, but we tend to lose them because we're not speaking the language the business requires us to speak, right? Because ultimately, you know, design is in service of the business, right? Where, um, you know, we're not our own little thing that exists for its own sake, yeah. Well, it, it sounds like you've got your seat at the table, man. It sounds like nobody's speaking gibberish. I have a seat and it's at Not a sure. table. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I think also like to my, to my comment at the leadership thing, I think it's also is it's an obnoxious term, right? Uh, it's, uh, I, I, I try and even get away from the narrative of design at Instacart. I speak about experience instead of design. Right. Um, because I think ultimately, however we get there is what's important and getting the right people in place to be able to get there is what's important. Whether they call designers or PMs or engineers, it doesn't really matter. It's more about how we think about it and where we're heading. I think that's that's important. Um, I think oftentimes we get too hung up about being designers that we lose sight from what we're actually there to do. Yeah. Well, and I mean, everything that you're saying around experience, It's I read some research not too long ago that people will continue going to a restaurant that has pretty good food and great service versus a restaurant that has great food and pretty good service, right? Yeah. It's like, we want to be treated a certain way. We want something to feel a certain way. And so everything that you're talking about just resonates. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's design 
even or designer is an interesting term, right? It's the experience team. It's it's the people that are creating the first and every touch point throughout. So yeah, that's that's awesome. I got to use Instacart today. I mean, that's going to have to happen. I've got to see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a super interesting experience that I, uh, that I had was actually the shopping experience. And we, we basically mandate everyone who, who starts working at Instacart to do a shopping experience. Um, it, it just it blows your mind. Something that you've done so many times before, you know, just shopping for groceries. Right. Now you're doing it on behalf of someone else. And it's, it's the most interesting experience. Oh. You know, you, you're, you're making some weird decision where, you know, all of a sudden I'm going to the produce um, aisle and I look at bananas. Now I'm not looking at bananas the way I want to eat them anymore. I'm looking at how do I think this person wants to eat them. And so it's the most interesting experience. I, you know, I, I, I can't do enough of it. Oh, that's, see, that's the thing that gets me is the different levels or the different angles that you have to look at this from, right? It's not enough that it, it can't just be bananas. Is it ripe bananas? Is it right? Right. And, and so right. figuring out how you work that into the experience, you, I mean, those are some unique challenges. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, there, there, we have some constraints in terms of training and education that we can do um, on the platform you know, for anyone. Um, you know, we have to be very mindful of how we do it. And so, so you know, we really... Yeah, it's an interesting challenge, <laughs> you know, not to go down that hole. But I mean, like, obviously, we, we have very similar challenges to Lyft and Airbnb and Uber and, and all those kind of things where, you know, we can't, we can't make these people, you know, experts in Instacart, because, you know, there are ramifications to that, you know, we want them to be but, you know, for the, for the whole thing to, to be able to work and the ecosystem to work, you know, we really need to think about about how we scale that workforce in a way that still contributes back to the customer in the right way. And so, you know, what we try and leverage is getting information from the customer, right? Like, who are you? What's important to you? When you um, say that you want this particular cereal, you know, there's some signal in that. Um, you know, one of the signals could be something like you're gluten intolerant or you prefer you know, high sugar things or low sugar things or, you know, high roughage. And so when the shopper gets to to making that decision, we have algorithms and machine learning um, sort of systems that try and do best guesses and try and interpret what you might want based on people like you and based on orders you've done before and things that you've um, accepted before as alternative replacements. Um, and so we try and give shoppers as much of that knowledge up front so that they almost don't have to make that decision. They really just need to you know, show up and say, oh, that particular um, cereal is not there. What else should I get? And so that's really how Instacart starts showing up um, in a meaningful way to shoppers and consumers. Well, it it sounds great. And I'm so happy for you that, that you got in there and, and you're getting to be a part of this. So thanks for joining us today, Mitch. Yeah, thank you, Carl. And everybody listening, thank you so much. And we'll be back next week. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>